When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> what? Watch your language. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not married. <laughs> so if I'm dating someone and it gets to that point, then that's where it gets to. <laughs> and if we don't work out, then I'm back in the pool again. Like, that's literally all it is. <laughs> and when I get married, it's not going to be like, oh gosh, I don't know how to stay faithful to my husband because I've just been so undisciplined. It's very much so, okay, well, I'm married now. Like there's no one else to have sex with because I have found my husband, you know. And so, <laughs> and okay, Eugenia. As simple as that. I don't think it has. It's not always, you know. She's a hoe. She's a exotic dancer. You know. She's drinking, and and, and it's literally just for for a lot of women, for, for women who are okay, women who just are dating and are enjoying our sexuality and enjoying our womanhood, it's just because it's enjoyable. <laughs> I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Life is about helping others. Dear future wifey has been doing exactly that. You stated that women are to present and not to pursue. It has given us a, a roadmap on how relationships were meant to be by God. There are still black men who love the Lord and their end goal is marriage. Thank you for teaching me how to stay lit, how to be intentional and transparent. You read your, your letter, I cried. I just got married two months ago and I'm listening to the podcast so I can stay married. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield and this is season four, These Dating Streets on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latera Star Whitfield. Listen, this is the year of 2022. This is a powerful number. And the more we go on with the podcast, we'll be dropping gems and letting you know the power of the number two. Hey, but before we get started, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, if you're still shacking up with us, why don't you just go ahead, do something new, make a New Year's resolution and subscribe. Make a commitment and subscribe. We're on the road to 100K subscribers and we need everyone to do their part. I want to make sure that we hit 100K by April the 15th, which will be our two year anniversary. Can you believe that? That we've been on this healing journey for almost two years now and uh, God has been doing some amazing things. Well, I have a special guest on the podcast today. Um, as y'all know, the people I choose on my podcast is extremely intentional. And after this reel that I posted, I just started posting reels about a week ago and I posted this one reel uh, from the episode that I did with Isaac and Courtney, where I said that a woman's past doesn't bother me as much. I'm not intimidated by her body count. And this young lady decided to voice her opinion about it and it caused quite a stir. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homie, Eugenia Washington. Oh, Gina, you do to Eugenia. Oh, Lord. So you always starting stuff, huh? Apparently, I do. I do. I do be starting stuff, I guess. 
So what made you respond to that reel the way that you did, actually? Okay, so what I said was, uh, what you said was, um, even if she has 25 to 35 bodies, it wouldn't matter to me. And I said, actually, for adults, 25 to 35 is pretty low. (laughs) And I responded to that because I felt that the idea of a woman's body count is this like um this fan- fantasy this fantastical just idea of you know when she gets with me i'm the only first last and only and like that that number of 25 to 35 you mentioning i f- i felt that this this is how my brain worked okay. i felt that a lot of men would use that as a marker of what determines the value of a woman. If a woman has 25, that's a lot. And I, yeah. and I needed to say, that's not a lot. That's that's normal human behavior. Just so everybody in this comment section, everybody watching this clip knows that 25 people are sex partners for a woman is not a lot. That's why. What do you feel that, so how do you feel about women that are virgins as a, as a adult or whatnot, that may be your age and has never experienced sex at all. Do you look at her as being, oh, she hasn't truly experienced life? Um, I feel like if that is the road she wants to be on for her, then that's okay. I remember yeah. uh, growing up in the church, Baptist church, my, my family's from the South and you know, uh, we were taught to save ourselves for marriage, save our, you know, women, save yourselves for marriage. And right. um, my best friend got a promise ring and there was this whole ceremony of save yourself for marriage for your husband. And ever since I was little, like I drank that Kool-Aid, but I remember um, when I grew up, I started feeling, and, and, I, and I had my own feelings that weren't determined by the church. Right. As a human being, as a, as a woman growing into her own, I had my own feelings, and I was like, "Why am I waiting? Like, I, I I feel like doing this right now. Why am Why am I waiting? What's What's the point? And I don't even know when I'm gonna get married. Cause the why? And so for me to to get out of that ideology, I was like, I'm tired of waiting. Where'd you go? No, I mean he's gonna be cutting in between different shots. I was like, this is so yeah. weird. I'm talking to myself. No, you're not. <laughs> I was like, for me, I just didn't feel the need to wait anymore. So I I became my own woman and made my own decisions. But if someone else wants to wait until marriage, that's what they have to do. So when you look at it, when you think about your first sexual experience, and you know, and if you want to share the I the age, then you can. If not, again, that's none of my business. But I want to know the mindset behind it. When you decide to give up your virginity, what did you feel? Did you feel remorseful afterwards? Did you feel like, oh, well, this is great. This is a great experience. Um, speak on that, because when we talk about body count then we're talking about what I always, well, I'll get deeper into that as we go along. But what was your experience? How did you feel about it? So I was 19 and I was dating this guy for a while, maybe a year or so. This was my, I was 19. And um, we've done, you know, when you're younger and you're doing a lot of heavy petting and stuff and we've done yep. a, lot of, a lot of heavy petting. 
And then one day I was like, ah, I'm bored with this. Let's take it there. <laughs> so, so you became the initiator. Yeah, I was like, well, this is like, how, how long are we going to do all this? Like, how long are we going to do this rubbing? All this <laughs> <laughs> dry humping. We're going to just keep dry humping. Come on, you know? And I was like, well, I mean, let's see what this is about. And um, she was also a virgin as well because a lot of men don't have as much sex as they like to say. Um, he was a virgin as well. And, you know, we kind of experimented and, 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 and did the do. And it was just kind of like, uh, okay. And um, I remember driving home and I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad because in the church they trick you and they say, you're gonna break your hymen and it's gonna hurt and it's gonna be terrible. You know, they scare you about sex. And I was just like, oh, well, that wasn't, I mean, okay. You know, I, I didn't have a feeling bad or good. I was just like, well, that was that. And um, I assume that it gets better from what I've seen on TV. So uh, let's work on making it better then. I didn't and, so, and, so, I, and so the mindset you had from 19, you had zero remorse about it. Um, you felt like the church basically bamboozled you into thinking that it was a negative thing. And when you found out for yourself, it wasn't as bad as the church led you to believe. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I just didn't understand why it was a terrible, is such a terrible thing, especially if I was having these feelings, especially if my body was doing these things and desiring these things, why was it such a bad thing and why it didn't make logical sense to me why I had to spend the rest of my life fighting these natural urges that my body is having, especially if I'm with someone that I, that I care about and am attracted to. So when you find the journey, uh, when you find the journey of your dating journey, um, mm -hmm. did you ever put it like this? Let me ask you, do you want to be married? Yeah. When you were young, at 19 years old, did you believe that the guy that you gave your virginity to would be your husband, or you Absolutely didn't even give not. Him? <laughs> <laughs> no. You said, "Absolutely not." I know this wasn't gonna be my husband. All right, was there any guy along your in your sexual past that you believed was going to be your husband? No, because I have to think about this, you know. I know it. This is good. Uh, because because the whole the whole premise of waiting is waiting for a reason. And the waiting for the reason is when you get married. So if you never felt like anybody was going to ever be your uh, the persons that you uh, had sex with was never going to be your mate, then, of course, there was for you, there was nothing at stake because it wasn't something that was long term. It was something temporal. So. Uh, I want to make sure that I understand your frame of thinking as to why. My frame of uh, thinking is I live for myself. Like I'm in my body. This is right. my journey. This is, I, I'm here for me. You know? Right. I don't think about how men, what men feel about me on a daily. I don't. No, this is not, no, this is not about men. I'm talking about yeah, you. Or, or marriage or or anything. I'm talking about you. All I want to know about how you think. Did you feel like any guy that you were dating in that time that they were husband prospects? Did you ever say, oh, my God, I love there him. I'm in love one. with him. I want to marry him. 
there okay so there was one that i really really cared about um and we actually did not have sex honestly we didn't oh really yeah we did we did that's deep now that's a, that's a, that's a turn of events <laughs> uh we we were not in the same state and it just didn't happen like that but um i will say i was in a relationship after the first person that i had sex with and that was a six-year relationship six years yeah but that was probably no not probably that was the most um toxic situation that i've ever been in in my life mm -hmm. and that affected me in a way that i did not respect or trust hmm let's unpack this it's unpacked i'm trying to figure out how i want to say it. it it was in a way that i did not respect um the i well how can i say this um hmm that's good it reinforced the idea that i couldn't respect what the church and what we were taught about marriage i couldn't respect it anymore why what about that relationship gave you that ideology because um i tried as hard as i could and nothing i did uh made anything work is and that were you dealing with someone that was a Christian man that had Christian morals and values, or you mm -hmm. just so this was a Christian he had man. Christian that you morals and values um, from his mouth, as far as he can yeah. steal Bible verses, right? But his heart was black. Exactly. The way he felt about women and himself was very black, and the way he handled our relationship was very dark. So the Christian morals and values only happened when he was spewing into me to try to get me to do things. Right. But he didn't have them for himself good so for so that, me everything was like a lie i was like this whole thing is a lie what what i've been taught what people are preaching what everybody's saying is a lie and i have to figure out what life means for me and for myself and i have to do things that work for me so and eugenia me on a path to do, th do things that work for me so eugenia that's interesting what made you base what you were taught on this toxic individual so you allow this toxic individual to reshape your ideology of what is essentially right. Like if you if you met the a guy that was true to what he said, that honored you, that respected you, that valued you, that prayed over you, that covered you, that protected you and wasn't toxic, then that would validate everything that you were taught to be right. But then in reverse, you met a guy that manipulated you, that deceived you, that took advantage of you, uh, that was toxic. And then that shaped your ideology to believe that what you were taught was wrong. And so what I want to say to you, and this is a reason why I have you on this podcast, yeah. is because... I noticed all these guys that, um, and, it, and it was it was infuriating me. And I'm gonna mm -hmm. read some of these comments because under 
your post, a lot of guys began to attack you and they started spewing out so much derogatory language and toxic masculinity that it just, it just, it pissed me off to be honest with you. And I DM'd you and I was like, Oh my God, like, would you like for me to just delete this? And you was like, Hey, I'm used to it. If you want to delete it, just go ahead and delete it or whatever. And I said, and I was about to delete it. And it's like, I heard the voice of God said, why erase it? Why, why run away from it? Take a moment and challenge these men to actually, um, um, step up and apologize to her. And so I, I wanted to be a man that came to your defense and say, hey, brothers, let me just give you some frame of reference. Let me give you some understanding. I did an episode last season called, um, well, I think the season before last was called One in Five. And okay. in that episode, we talked about, I had a good buddy of mine, Elsa, and she was in, she was sex trafficked and all this type of stuff. She had a very tumultuous past. Terrible. But one in five women have been victims of sexual assault. And so anytime I encounter three a woman. Five. Huh? Three in five. Oh, it's three in five. Well, three in five. Well, see, when I did my research, it was one in five. It was three in five. That's it's a even, damn it's, lie. It's, it's, probably that, that, it's a damn lie. It's three in five. Well, that's even worse. So, yeah. so that's what oh, made me. This is what made me. I'm going to read some of those comments. Um because this is what made me highly upset. Um, and it's funny because you started going back late in the midnight hour with one guy particularly. Because <laughs> it was fun. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> is, is that your phone doing that? What, what is I'm that? I'm so sorry. You could hear that and all kinds of stuff. So you put a comment six days ago. 2535 is a low number if we're grown, honestly. Oh, my God. It's 154 comments. Great. under that comment 154 let me try to god dog i'm trying to get to the top of it this is ridiculous this one guy says honestly i'll never marry a woman with such a high body count it's a huge turnoff knowing your girl has been sucking hella block um put the little fruit emoji thing and got ran through by a whole football team no thank you i'll pass and then i asked him i said what's your limit he said, um, coming from a Muslim country, ideally zero, but two to three would be fine. So I said, that makes sense. Because now I, when I even said what I said, I forget that a lot of my followers, 30% are in other countries. And so, and this guy's not even a follower, but when you have a video that goes viral, it's touching everybody. And I said, oh, okay, I understand that he's been, I hate to say brainwashed, but he's been cultured into believing a woman's value is in her sexual history well the truth be told yes if, if you if you're dating a woman that's just doesn't care she's reckless she's having sex with everybody that says hello to her I, I believe that that's a deeper issue that needs to be addressed but i will not and what i was talking about is that i will not be intimidated by a woman's sexual past because there's always a story behind it. There's a story, and I love hearing the story behind the choices. Um, and and so, and in women that I've met, girls I've dated, even my homegirls, I create a safe space where people are honest and tell me the truth. So what a lot of women do, they lie to guys. So I, so my whole thing is, would you rather be lied to to be to make your 
um, toxic masculinity more comfortable where she says I've only had sex with two or three people and but she's really had sex with 53 you know what I'm saying like would that make you feel better to be lied to or would you want to create a safe space for your woman to be honest with you and and clearly these guys like to be lied to um, this guy said kind of hard to value someone that so e that that so easily gives it up uh, some girl responded gives what up something that is so easily taken why place so much value on that as if that's all a woman is? What about what she doesn't give up easily? What about those parts of her that can't be taken? Seems like a very superficial way to see someone. And that's what that's my ideology. That's why I said I'm able to cultivate the woman. The version of her that I would get from her is a version that no man has ever gotten because I understand that beyond those choices may be a bedrock of pain. It may be some experiences, somebody that mishandled her in the past, whether it was may have not been something as traumatizing as uh, rape or sexual assault, but it could be, she could have run into a lot of me's, a lot of my past me's. So the, the reality is this, even in my sexual journey, huh, let's talk, let's, let's be transparent. I'm Me? not a virgin. I, I've had sex with dozens of women. Right. So if she ran into a lot of Lateris's 2.0, then that means that her sexual number would be higher. And so these guys that are actually casually having sex with different people, they're having sex with somebody's daughter. So, so at the well, end of the day. That's why it's blowing my mind because I'm like, well, who are you having sex with then? <laughs> if, if no woman's having sex, then who is it that and you are? Who are you having sex with? And you made a comment. You was like, unless you like dudes or something. You said that. Unless you like dudes. <laughs> you. Like, what is it? You know what I mean? It's like all these men are like, I'm out here. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, and I'm not a virgin. And not. And you, they're all dapping each other about having sex with women. But women aren't allowed to have the sex back. So who's who are these people having sex with? That's why I can't even take anybody seriously. I can't. I'm asking this one dude who talks the loudest. I was like, well, dude, like. So you have to be a virgin. You can only be a virgin if you talk to me. And he couldn't even answer that. I was like, okay, so you're having these tingly feelings and you, you don't want to put your hands in your pants. Is that what it is? Like, tell me. Because I need to understand, like, what these men are talking about. And let's really talk about dating out here. You see what it is. You see, when men, people tell you who they are when they speak. You give a person a chance to speak and they say exactly who they are. Right. So in a woman's love journey, we are trying to find someone who is emotionally available, someone who makes us feel safe, someone who listens to us, someone who, who literally allows us to be who we are and feel safe in that, especially since a lot of women have been sexually assaulted or have been in toxic relationships. Because let's be honest, when a lot of men are finding who they are as men, they yes. first figure out, they first think that who they are as men are how much they can control and dominate a woman. So yes. a lot of men in their early 20s who are trying to figure out who they are, use that energy to find a woman to dominate. And that yes. is a very toxic situation. So when woman, a woman gets out of that, of course yeah. you had sex with that guy because you're dating him. You go to the next guy because we're still in our 20s. He's the same way, but you've also had sex with him too. That didn't work out. So you got to go to another guy because you're yep. still on your marriage and, and love journey. And yes. you know what I mean? It's like you... Yes. This, we're just out here dating. And then there might even be a guy that you're out and, you know, he was cute. So you had a little one night stand. Cool. 
you go and you fight. You like, why are we acting like this is kindergarten? That's what I want to know. Like, this is not kindergarten. And if you've left your state, thank God, you know, if you were able to leave your hometown and travel somewhere or move somewhere else, you're not going to say, well, I had sex with two people when I was in Texas and I live in LA now. So that's my limit. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? I'm just saying, get real. I'm the only honest one in this bitch. And that's why everybody's mad. You got to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with somebody else. Oh, God. Oh Lord, we just know I'm gonna have to bleep out your. I'm gonna have to bleep. I'm gonna have to bleep out your curse words. Oh, uh, and, <laughs> on a Christian platform. Sorry, it's not a, a Christian uh, platform, but it is a Christ-centered uh, platform. And I love the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> he knows me. Of course he knows you. He was he he know me too. That's the reason why he allowed me uh, uh, to have this podcast because he know I'm gonna keep it lit. Um, and, and, and lit is coined on the podcast is living intentionally and transparently. So I love when I meet somebody like you that says, listen, here I am naked and unashamed. This is who I am. Um, I make no apologies. Um, the only difference between you and other people is you're bold enough to speak your truth versus other people that hide from it. And so, uh, you're in a safe space. Um, so this is what I said to the guys. I said to my brothers who left disrespectful comments to Eugenia Washington, please open your mind and allow me to speak to the king in you. Hopefully you're able to receive this in love. I consider simply deleting the comments, but elected to vibrate higher. Did you know that one in five women have been victims of sexual assault? Imagine a female having her innocence stolen by a heartless male. Unfortunately, she never seeks therapy for the trauma, so she lives a life trying to regain her power by choosing to have sex with numerous males. She protects herself by making it transactional, by leaving her emotions on the shelf. Now imagine this particular female is your daughter. How would you handle her? Would you be another male who thinks lowly of her by spewing derogatory names at her? I hope not. This is my inner monologue when meeting any woman I consider this could have been her reality. That's why the body count is less of a concern and our healing from it is what matters most. I don't know Eugenia Washington personally, so I don't know her story. It's none of my business. What is my business is her being attacked by sharing, attacked for sharing her truth on my page and being verbally assaulted by men, fellow brothers. If my comment has provided context for you gentlemen, I ask you to do some king level stuff and respond with an apology to Eugenia Washington. Be greater this year. And I tagged the names of the guys who were assaulting you. And um, of course, a couple of them just doubled down on their comment and said, double hey, down. you said what? Double down. Yeah. They doubled down on it. Um, um, Armani, bring her back on the screen doubled down on the comment and um, started talking about, well, I mean, if this is not, she didn't say that this was her story. She didn't say this was a journey. And I'm saying, idiot. Even if it was a journey, she's not going to say, hey, guess what? I was sexually assaulted when I was eight years old. And that's why I think 25 to 35 men are okay. And I'm saying, no, the way you should handle any woman is by having that as the forethought in your mind and say, you know what, how am I dealing with her? How, what, what may be her journey? And then handle her accordingly. Because I've met a lot of females, a lot of my female friends have been victims of sexual assault. So I could uh, traumatize them or reinforce trauma by saying certain stuff 
unbeknownst to me that that's her story and she may have had sex with 30 guys and i'd be like oh i would never have i would never marry no one with 30 she's an eight she's this 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 and she's sitting there like wow my friend thinks like this and if he ever knew the truth about me he will look at me so disgusting and i never want to be that dude i always want to be the person that helps provide healing whether it's males or females people i interact with i got a dm about two days before I read your comments and this lady sent me a DM and she said, I saw that video, that little reel, and I broke down crying. And she said, I have been so ashamed of my past. And she said, I've been abstinent for 19 years and, um, you know, healing from my past or whatever, waiting on my future husband. But she says, I feel so ashamed. And then I responded. I was like, why do you still feel ashamed if you've been at man, if you've been able to manage abstinence for 19 years, you know, um, and I'm waiting for her to respond. But the reality is in spite of her achieving 19 years of abstinence, which absolutely blows my mind, she still yeah. felt shame from yeah. what she did prior to those 19 years. And so one thing that I understand about my heavenly Lord and Savior is -hmm. that he says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Whatever issues that I've done, my bad choices, my mistakes, some stuff wasn't even a a mistake. I did it intentionally Mm -hmm. that when I gave it to him, he says, listen, I love you in spite of all that. Then how dare me be a man? That, that is expecting God to gift me with one of his precious assets, which is one of his daughters, and trust me to cover her as a husband. And then I go, oh, no, God, no, I don't want this one. She's, she's been around too much. I don't, I don't want her. And God reminds me of my past and say, but what about you? What, what, what about you? You expect her to accept you for the, the sins of your past. Now, like, well, I'm a man. You know, a man's supposed to do that. You know, as men, we're supposed to have all these. Like, oh, no, no, no. By what standard are you judging this by? Because by my standard, you was never supposed to do none of this to begin with. So now you want to go ahead and give yourself a pass. No, 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 no. Keep that same energy. If you expect me to forgive you from your, your the sins of your past, then I need you to show that same level of grace for the person that I bring into your life. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that this video that went viral is saying, hey, every woman that you date and all this type of stuff, because most of these women, you're never going to know about their sexual history anyway until you get to this safe space with them. But the woman that God brings to you and says, this is your wife, then you have to, then then I encourage, and I and I told guys, listen, this ain't I ain't telling you what to do. I'm saying this is me. I said, I'm not intimidated. Clearly you are, but I'm not intimidated. I'm saying that the woman that God brings into my life, I will not use her past and weaponize it against her. I will mm-hmm. always say, baby, listen, it stops with me. The mm-hmm. pain stops with me. And the truth be told, in the process of choosing said woman, I do want her to actually have been healed from that. It's not saying I want a woman that's fresh off of 25, 35 penises jumping out their bed into me. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying let's have let's have some some space of healing uh, and hopefully that she's gone through a healing journey when she comes to me and then I'm the last layer of healing for her to say, baby, I love you. Come on. we finna, we I get the 3.0 version of you. And so that's why it was so important to have you on here today to discuss this. So let's talk about your dating journey. Um, are you in a relationship now? No, I'm not in a relationship now. When's the last relationship you've been in? How many, how long have you been? Oh, Oh, shit. Think about it. No, I was just going to say, can I uh, ask what's the intimidation that men feel? 
what 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 I believe because I have to go back to my twenty year old self. My 20-year-old self, when I used to think about the, the body count of a woman, there was never even a satisfactory body count. <laughs> you know, if she said it was two, you'd be like, two? You had sex with two yeah, people? Two people? What's wrong with you? Because that means, that's because I was operating with such in, uh, insecurity. I was so insecure. So as I evolved and got older, I said, what what is the real issue and as i begin to unpack what these men are saying and i'm just judging by what they're saying and me giving reference to it it's because a lot of them said i don't want to go into a space where several guys in the room could say that they had my woman you know they don't want to be in a space to where people are like oh yeah i used to hit that oh yeah man she used to do this to me yeah she used to do this or whatever so it's a level of and the Bible says that a woman is a crown upon her husband's head. It's a thing that a man finds value. If you can get a man to marry you, it's because a man has valued you over all these other women that may have just been uh, sex partners with them or people that he dated or people, he, you know, girlfriends or whatever. He says, this is, I found the one. And it's interesting when we say the one, he found the one that he was willing to lay his life down for. Hopefully if he's not, a narcissistic dude that just got her to manipulate her. But when it's done from a healthy perspective, I choose her because this is the best. This is a person that I feel is the greatest choice I could ever make. And so when you have a man that becomes that vulnerable, when a man becomes that vulnerable, now he becomes a little territorial where he says, hold on, how many people have had my, my precious jewel? How many people have had my, 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 my crown? How many people can say that, that, that they've had my woman in a way that, that I'm going to have her? And that's what makes them insecure. I see you shaking. That, that doesn't make sense because to you? It's, it, because it's, uh, is this a made up scenario? Because I don't, I don't oh, really no, it's know fact. what I'm saying is the scenario of we might be at Burger King and there could be a guy there that's two guys there that said they had sex with my, my wife. Like, yeah, in real life, meaning that if, especially if you're in, a, in the same city. Well, I mean, I don't know. So I'm saying that in situations, that, I've dated girls I don't that. I think this has ever even happened before. I think this is all in a man's head to not even really understand his own insecurities. Because well, like, I mean, it's happened. It's happened depending especially where you are. Like, just think about it. If you were on a college campus and you you dated a girl that a lot of dudes done had sex with, well, you're going to be passing said guys on the college campus and they snickering and doing whatever and they like they done had sex with your girlfriend. Um, you may be at a workplace and you if you decide to date on your job and said woman may have had sex with different co-workers now you're sitting up there knowing that you have to work what alongside does this really people. happen yes it really like, happens we live no, in this vast it world doesn't. this doesn't even yes really it does happen, happen. is it there does a happen. girl at work that has that has had sex with five guys at the job no it could be two it could be one it's not about the it's not so, so much about, about the numbers it's the fact of the so fragile that they cannot eat so let's let's talk about that because it's not about what I'm doing. It's that it's that men are insecure within themselves and insecure with what they have and what and their stuff. Because you literally like, like then this just means that women can't have sex. That means nobody can have sex. This means that no one can have sex. That's what this means. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. 
there's not a time when there's I don't I've known a lot of people I've been around the world. Yes, you have. And I've never experienced a time where it's like I'm at a party and four guys that I had sex with was there. Like what? But has, but has it been one? Has it been one guy? Have you ever been with a guy and you crossed the dude in the mall, seen the guy on the train station, seen whatever a guy and ran into an ex or a sex, a, a past sexual partner? You tell me that's never happened yeah, in your life. That happened. Exactly. But so that's normal life. That's normal life. We understand but what's that. Not but, normal is this idea that women are just having sex with twenty-five guys a month, and all the twenty-five <laughs> guys are at the football game and no. you're, you're, like so Eugenia Eugenia let me give you frame of reference if we're just talking about numbers per se if a person has sex with one person the odds of running into that that one person that your woman has had sex with may be slim to none if she's had sex with 20 people you're going to run into one of those 20 people somewhere in that that it. year typically and then you have 50 and then 100 and 200. Well, the more odds that you have, and it's the same with me because of my sexual history, the sexual history, you're going to run in to somebody that I've had sex with in DFW Metroplex. This is where I was born and raised and you're going to run into these people. So the woman that I marry will have to be secure in knowing that that shouldn't be a fact. It should be like, ah, you know, oh, wow, shoot. Who, who haven't you had sex with in Dallas? You know, <laughs> it can't be that situation. It'd be like, dang, well, you know, you, you should see how many I've walked away from. But the reality is that if they judge you by your choices that you make and not honor the choices that you didn't make, that's the difference. And so when you talk about men, it's not that all 50 people are going to be in one environment. You sitting in church and the first five rows of the church are all the guys that you done had sex with. We're talking about the likelihood of other people being able to brag that they had your woman. That's do what makes me. Do they have their woman or do they go on with their life though? Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this is very much made up shit. Sorry. It's not. Because, so men amongst each other brag. So then that's a man situation. Because What's a man situation that's brought on by the decision that your woman may have made. Think about it. Just think realistically. If no one has ever driven your car, they can never say what it feels like to drive in a Maybach. But if but if they have driven your everybody gets to drive your car and they be like, oh, man, I done been through that. It's just even as casual as that is, it hurts the male because he says, huh. you know, what I'm saying it's like. But the reality is, but that's why I say it's, it's bigger than that. When I put it to be the only thing. What I put what I put on it is because I come from a Christian reference. So the frame of mind that I have is a Christian perspective. So that's where grace comes in. But if I didn't, if I wasn't a Christian man and I didn't have this ideology of grace, then I probably would have the same ideology that they had. Like, oh, no, nah, I'm fine. Me somebody. I'm fine. Somebody only been with two people. You know what but I'm saying? How did you find that? That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone needs to get real. Like, well, I mean, you like, can, ideologies, but... ideologies, I get it. But let's be real about it. That's but but Eugenia, there's 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 a vi there's a wide uh, range of women. Some that have only some are virgins. I met women that are virgins at forty something years old. I met women that only had sex with two people. I met women that has sex with they can't even count. 
So you can you you have a choice. And when you think mm-hmm. about there's what seven women to every one man, you can make a choice. You can say, all right. And that's what the guys are saying. So the truth of what they're saying under the comment is I have the power to choose. So I am not going to choose someone that's had sex with that many people. And that's their choice. Me, that's not a big issue for me because I go, I look at the purpose of that person. I look far beyond some past decisions. Cause think about it. What if she made those choices 15 years ago? And she said, my 20s, let me tell you, oh, whew, I was an exotic dancer. I did this. I did that. I was strung out on drugs. I was this. And now she's this powerful, uh, uh, well-known speaker that's using the pain of her past to heal thousands of people around the world. And I'd be like, well, I don't care because when you was about 20 to 27, ooh, you, was a, uh, you was a little thought out there. And she's 45 years old. Like, am I really going to use that against her? Some guys would. That's not my testimony. So that's why I always say that. It's, it's, it's different for me because I don't think like that. But I understand why guys think the way they do because God created us to be very territorial. It's the, it's, it's the instinct of a man. And so that's what it is. And so if he feels like you've been conquered by multiple men, then he's like, oh, is she, what, what is the prize? Heck, I had a woman tell me, it was an episode that I did on my vow to abstinence. I, didn't, I did a vow to abstinence on December the 30th of 2020. And on that episode, God reminded me of a girl who was a virgin. And uh, this was my first Christian relationship. And she wanted to have sex with me. And I said, no, nah, I want to have sex with you or whatnot. I, you know, I want to respect your virginity. And she told me, she said, listen, um, I want to have sex with you. And I said, well, let's just wait if we get married and all that. She said, listen, let me, let me just tell you something. Me waiting to have sex with you, you're getting someone that no one has had. But me waiting to have sex with you, I'm not getting nothing. I'm getting someone that everybody has had. Now, this is what she told me, and I was 19 years old. So what she told me is that my sexual experiences up to that point devalued me. So we're talking about a woman that said that to me, an 18-year-old girl that told me this. And I was like, wow, okay. I guess I don't have much value. So I had sex with her that night. (laughs) And about... Less than 30 days later, I cheated on her. And she was the first girl I ever cheated on in my life. But then that opened up Pandora's box for me to devalue myself sexually. And so sexually, I was just like, whatever, you can get it. Hang around me long enough, you can get it. It ain't no, it ain't no big deal until I arrived at this point uh, in 2020 when I took a vow to abstinence and be like, man, I want to value myself a whole lot more. I want mm-hmm. to be a gift to my wife. I want her to, I want, I want to, exemplify discipline in my life. And the reason why I needed discipline is because God told me, you'll never be faithful to your wife if you haven't first become faithful to me. And so I recognize within myself that I lack discipline. So it's not about the body count, it's about discipline. So for me, it was like, shoot, it's, I could have casual sex with somebody, it's no big deal. You sit around me longer than two hours and something pop off, it's like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's no thing to it. And I said, man, do I really want to be that dude? Do I really want to be the dude that I didn't honor? And I didn't even know that I was dishonoring myself, to be honest with you. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm having fun. I felt like doing something, so I chose to do it. And then I started recognizing how much it was tearing away at who I believed I was and how I felt. And when I found myself becoming exactly what I said I'll never become, which was in my first marriage, I said, I don't see how people get married and cheat on their spouse. I would never cheat on my spouse. And then I started cheating on her. I said, mm-hmm. lack of discipline. So now I get a do-over. So in my do-over, I said, let's go ahead and kill this Goliath now. Let's go ahead and kill this 
demon that has followed me throughout these years where sex had no value. And now I say it does because that's a divine connection that I'm having with another person. And I mm -hmm. want that to be respected. I want that to be honored. I want that to be cherished. I want that to be valued. I want to create something with my future wife that is inseparable. And so that's why I do it. And I say to each his own. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, for men, they're territorial. And that's what it is. And you say this about their insecurity, 100%. Um, I, I'll say a quick thing. Uh, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have to nitpick. I, I can only speak for me. 100%. I can only speak for me the way I feel about sex, the way I have felt about sex in my life the way I feel about my value. And uh, I can say that for me, um, it wasn't about not having discipline. It's not about not having discipline. Having sex for me is not about not being disciplined. It's because I feel like it. It's literally because I feel like it. It's if, if, same. It's just because I feel like it. Like I'm not married. <laughs> like what the? <laughs> what? What your language? Is. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not married. <laughs> so if I'm dating someone and it gets to that point, then that's where it gets to. <laughs> and if we don't work out, then I'm back in the pool again. Like, that's literally all it is. <laughs> and when I get married, it's not going to be like, oh gosh, I don't know how to stay faithful to my husband because I've just been so undisciplined. It's very much so, okay, well, I'm married now. Like, there's no one else to have sex with because I have found my husband. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, Eugenia. It's as simple as that. I don't think it has, it's not always, you know, she's a hoe, she's a exotic dancer, you know, she's drinking, and, and, and it's literally just. For, for a lot of women, for, for women who are okay, women who just are dating and are enjoying our sexuality and enjoying our womanhood, it's just because it's enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be all of that. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I just did not, I don't like the idea of just being in humanity and all of this has these negative connotations. I would hate to be 90 years old and feel like I only had sex with five people in the entire world and then I die. <laughs> That's just the way I think about it. Well, hopefully if you were 90 years old, you wouldn't just you wouldn't be thinking about just the fact that you only had sex with five people. Right. But I could say like, oh gosh, when I was in my twenties, I had this, I went to Paris and we had this crazy time and that was fun. <laughs> And then, you know, that one time when I went and I was in New Orleans that one time and I had, you know what I mean? Like, this is our moment to live the life that we want to live. And I just don't, I feel like there's so many rules and all of these, these restrictions that we can and cannot have when honestly we're put on here to experience, live, and then we die. And that's what it is. So it's like, man, now is my time before I become a mother and responsible for someone else's life before I become a wife and responsible for a whole entire like household and generation before I really have to put all of these, before I really have to start getting serious.
Now <laughs> for me, you know, to enjoy my life and to develop my character and to live and learn. This is life school. How am I supposed to learn anything if I'm not experiencing something? Because I don't want some man that I don't know in two years to say, oh my God, she had sex with somebody in 2008. So I just can't, you know, like, I just, I just want us to be honest and real about it. <laughs> I don't even remember the person that I had sex with in 2011. I don't even remember who that was. So what, and, and so what, you know, what do I do about that? What, what is my future husband? Say I get married in three years. Why are we talking about something I did in 2011 that I don't even remember? <laughs> what is the logic behind that? Cause we are adults, you know? So it's like, I'm having my memories. I'm having my experiences. I got stories to tell my grandkids. I got pictures. I got all this fun stuff I'm going through until I get married. So would you care about him? What if he said he was a porn star? Would you be okay with that? I'm not attracted to porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I would never even be in the same room with one to call him. Well, hold on. Because you might not know what he was before. He might have been he may have been an ex-porn star. He changed. He's reformed. And you meet well, him, you start liking him. Because you know. Huh? I'm, we would never meet. We, yes, you would. You? you can't say that. You can't say how you're going to meet somebody. I can't say that because you, you meet don't. your people in your spaces that you're around. I'm not around ex-porn stars. You if don't you know what people's stories are. If you turn into like a CEO of something, then I'm like, oh, okay, hey. But no, I'm an ex-porn star, but now, you know, I own a t-shirt company and I'm just trying to like make it. Like, what do we have in common? How would I even meet you? <laughs> Eugenia, you don't know how some of these guys that you met have a story. They have a history. They have a past. And yeah. so in their past, they could have done some stuff, done what they always say, done some something strange to get a piece of change. And they say, listen, I just want to tell you something because, um, you know, this is this is this is what I used to do in my 20s. Then would you count him out? I just want to see how, you know, if you can keep the same energy. If you know, he was I'm the in the entertainment industry. Huh? I'm in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. and I know a lot <laughs> and I've seen a lot. I know you have, especially in the modeling industry. <laughs> I've seen a lot. <laughs> I know a lot about a lot of people, you know? <laughs> and so maybe this conversation is, isn't as shocking to my system as it could be for somebody else. Yeah. That's why I'm just so, asking you. you know, I there's a lot to dismiss. Because a lot of things have been going on. <laughs> Say that. A lot has been going on. Oh, God. Oh, and I God. will say this for the record. Because there's this myth that this high-value man oh, God. would never. And I would say that the high-value man and on six figures, you know, you know the the dialogue that's going. On. Yeah, that's going on. I saw a lot of them spewing that in the comments about you. So go ahead. Figure high value man. Yeah. Magical man that no one's ever met. Um, except <laughs> me. <laughs> so there it's a myth that says a high value man that that, that won't do what? What would they not do? A high value man that's so afraid of of sex and he wants this pure woman. These high value men are 
literally on trial for running sex rings. So that can't even be true. Talk about it. I never thought about that perspective. I never thought about that. I know all of these people. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yep. This magical man that everyone's talking about. Let's be honest. All of the high value men that we're all talking about are on trial for me too. Yep. So who are we afraid of sex? No, we're not. It's all up and through this bitch. So it just takes a people a person to be honest about the world we're living in right now. Honest wow. about it. And I'm honest about it, so it doesn't bother me. If if I'm if I'm if I marry, say, a football player, that is he not a porn star? <laughs> That's a lot I would have to excuse, but I can't be mad about it. You know? He said, he said he, is he not a porn star? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know they out there, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I can't be mad about it. All, all I I know a lot of I know a lot of people. <laughs> sex is the cornerstone of their life. Yeah. Okay. And that's real. They're not working. Yep. So I'm in the same, I'm in the entertainment industry. I used to do national plays across the country and all that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And if and the reality of it, if people really knew the reality behind some of their favorite stars or whatever, they'd be like, oh my God, I I cannot believe that. You know, um, and this that's why I say it's all everybody's individual personal journey, what works uh for them and whatever revelation they get. Uh, and that's the revelation I got. And so that's the reason why I don't look at you and look down on you. Like, oh, I can't believe oh, I, uh, I I just be like, oh, that's interesting. Let's have a conversation with it. You All right, let's have that. a conversation with because at the end of the day. Uh, but one thing that I do want to um, stand in proxy for is the guy who did you wrong, the guy early oh. on in your dating journey that yeah. misrepresented Christ. Um, and because I take that stuff, I take I don't take that stuff lightly because as a Christian brother, I want to make sure that we are loving properly, that we're not manipulating women with the word of God and all that crazy stuff that you may have went through. Uh, mm -hmm. So I apologize on behalf of the dude that mishandled you. And mm -hmm. that was a poor representation of Christ's love. And hopefully you're able to experience authenticity, pure love, a love that Christ gives that's unconditional and that will cover you. And um, so please accept my apologies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, um, oh, before I start talking, I'll let you finish. Cause no, I'll finish. I'll finish. Oh yeah. So just about that in, in my love journey, you know, it was, it was more, it was more so disappointing because we are taught that men are good. We are taught that, you know, we have to save ourselves for this man that is, you know, Christian and he has these values. And, and even that is not um, honest because even with men, you guys have your own journey of, of we're living in heaven and hell on earth. We're not in heaven right now. This is earth. So there's right. hell on earth and there's heaven here. So everyone has their journey to fight and they, 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 everyone has their, their life path. So I think that it's even a disservice to have this myth that, you know, men have all of this power that we should be kind of saving ourselves 
four because I don't even know if I'm saying that right because my dad wasn't a great person. Pastor wasn't a great person. The men in the church weren't great people. You know, like I, I did not have the example of this ideology that they were teaching. They were teaching this ideology of men, but I never saw it. It wasn't just this one guy. It was everyone. I just never saw, I didn't, I never saw it. Right. And the final straw for me was this guy when it was actually happening to me. You right. know, I saw, I saw the deacon and how he treated his wife. I saw my uncle, how he treated my, my dad, how he treated the, the pastor, how he treated you. everyone, how they treated their families, but it didn't, it didn't make it real until it happened to me. And then I was like, oh gosh, n none of this stuff is real. This is not true. I really have to find my own way out here. I have to figure this out for myself because, and me and God have to figure this out. I have to figure this out for me and God and, and what, why I'm here and what he wants for me personally and not what he wants for all women or all men because that is not realistic. We're human beings out here. We're literally just human beings out here. So for me, that was more disappointing because it left me literally not knowing what was really going on out here. And then when I went to talk to the elders who had all these preachings, none of them had the answer either. So my journey has in my life has been finding the truth for myself. And so, and, and I found the truth for myself. And I'm not gonna say I wasn't traumatized because I was absolutely traumatized and I was a dog for a while. And it took me a while. I, I was celibate for about, three years when I went on my enlightenment journey because I had to change things about myself because I was hurt. And right. So I had, to, I had to change things about myself. And, you know, I went on my own personal journey of like being in seclusion for three years and like healing myself and going down and pulling up all of these things that were there. Um, so now for me, I am not, I can't be intimidated. I can't be taken down. I can't be bashed by anybody in the comments because these are people who literally have not even seen themselves yet. You know, I've Talk done about it. Hold on, stop, stop right there. You said something key. You said these are people that haven't even seen themselves yet. That's powerful. Right. So when you were saying you're so strong, I was like, it's not strength. This is easy. I can see these people. They're hurting. Because how can you be so angry these people at somebody else's choices <laughs> i said dang y'all mad at her like that's your woman i said that girl don't even know you don't even care about you wouldn't even go on a date with you and you mad like you are extremely angry about this woman's choices i said you too angry. much invested in that girl's choices i'll be like mm -mm, you're doing it too triggered much something so crazy with them they're so angry and, you know, you could see how they felt powerless. You can see how, you know, they felt insecure. You can see how they were kind of jealous because, you know, you don't know, maybe somebody in their life, they're in the comments talking, well, I would never have a woman who would do yeah. this, but they probably never even have a woman in the first place. And they might even be mad about that. <laughs> you know? And you so they never had a woman in the first place? It's true. <laughs> they probably never even had a woman in the first place. So all of this is just fantasy in their head that they're projecting on me in it might make them angry because I could actually be the woman that they want and I would really not want them. You know, you never, yeah. when you see outbursts like that, you can only just be like, damn, these people are really hurting. It has nothing to do with me. I'm 
I found, I know who I am, which is the reason why I'm even able to speak like this. I right. know who I am, but there's people that can't even tell their truth. I read, I read a lot about certain, some comments were about, and I think that a lot of men have experienced women cheating on them. And so they identify with you, a woman that is in touch with her sexuality as being the woman that is more prone to go cheat on a man because uh, she doesn't have any quote unquote discipline by, by his opinion. So, so I've heard guys even comment, like see a woman like that. Yeah. The terror, they would comment, are you going to cultivate her? Right. And then she's going to go cheat on you. And I'm like, bro, like that is not my biggest fear. It used to be my biggest fear. That's interesting. Till it was no longer my biggest fear until I experienced that level of hurt. And when you experience that level of hurt, you say, you know what? you know what, it's, I made it through that. So now I have to also identify. And that's why I said the healed version of the woman. Yeah, if you take a woman that hasn't been healed from that and she has a propensity to always search outwardly for what you're trying to give her inwardly, then you're, you're, you're fighting a losing battle anyway. And when mm -hmm. I'm talking about cultivating, it's not saying I'm going to change a woman. It's never yeah. about I'm going to take a woman and she like, All right, listen, I, I believe in having sex with multiple people and that's just what it is. And I go, well, you can only have sex with me. And she like, I right, see how that works out. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's, the, it's somebody that we are in alignment with, with purpose and her past is her past. And I say, yeah. girl, I done been through some stuff too. Cause if you judge me by my past, you you probably wouldn't even want to, you wouldn't even want no parts of me either. So listen, because if a woman said, I I do not want a man that's ever cheated on a woman before, well count me out. You know what I'm saying? Unless I lie to you and be like, I have never cheated on a woman ever in my life, and then I don't lie to her because I want that particular woman, and I don't right. want anybody that won't accept me for my truth. Right. Because if I get you because I have to lie to you, then you didn't want me to begin with. This is this is the quote that God gave me on the way coming up to my studio today that I do want to share because um, I said just because I operate in the presence of grace doesn't mean it's in the absence of wisdom. Right. Just because I operate in the presence of grace doesn't mean it's in the absence of wisdom, and that's right. what God's began to speak to me. I said, God, give me reference to what I'm what, what uh, how to communicate my thought process. I know how to share grace with people but then I'm not stupid either. I'm right. not going to be playing the fool. It's like, all right, girl, I loved you on a high level. You can't receive it. God bless you. You ain't the one for me. And I move on accordingly. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Again, life is school. Look yeah. how much you learned from your mistakes. 1000%. You could never be who you are right now. If you weren't cheating, if you weren't out, you know, so it's like again, I can't speak to these people because they haven't even come in. They haven't even seen themselves yet. Like there's so much to learn through your mistakes. There's so much to learn. Like man, I was with this girl, and I was reckless, and I cheated on her, and I lost her, and now I know. You know, now I know yeah. better what this taught me about myself was because we're yes. all on this journey to enlightenment. We're on this journey to healing. Everybody has some attached trauma. And yes. we're not going to get through that trauma unless we make the mistakes. We drag our face on the ground. We mess up a bunch of times. And then we get to a point where we realize like the place that we want to go and the way that we're acting is not aligned. So something Talk has about to change. It. You know? And I would, I, for me personally, I wouldn't be upset about a man's body count because one, um, if 
we have a spiritual connection, then, and I know who he is, and he's being honest with me about who he is in this moment. There, I, it's it's uh, brain damage for me to get mad about him having sex with somebody back in 2018. Because <laughs> what can we do about it now other than argue and mess up our relationship? Yes. Yes. You know? 100%. And it's like, and I wanted to ask a question. What is that big thing? What's the big fear with men, with women cheating on them? Because with this relationship, this first, this relationship that I was in that was so toxic, his main thing was, I was cheating on him. I was cheating on him. And I wasn't. But it was like, you're cheating. And he, 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 so many of our arguments were based on this idea of me cheating on him. And he just couldn't get over the fact, like, if, if I looked at a guy, it was cheating. I'm cheating. You know, even before we even met and I was in college. And I said, oh, I had a crush on this guy. And so he talked about this guy that I had a crush on our Forever. entire six years. Yep. We even had like a big physical blowout on this idea that I'm cheating on him. And um, I just didn't understand what this young man's obsession was with me cheating on him. And then I later realized that he was actually trying to combat that feeling with like cheating on me or trying to cheat on me. And it just created this, this just toxicity between us because it was like the fear of this girl cheating on me. Most of the time it's so projection. So a lot of time it's projection. A lot of times a lot uh, of time, people right. will project what they are doing or want to do and they want to blame you for the faults that they're actually having. So they like, they projected on you, like you, you over cheating on me. Like, I ain't even thought about cheating on you. Where, where is this coming from? What are you talking about? Yeah. We're here. You're around me all the time, but they just, it's crazy. But that's why I say it's a lot of trauma that people deal with. Yeah. For a, a lot of men, the worst thing you could ever do to them, heck my, me, me included. If I was married to a woman, she cheated on me. That would devastate me. That would devastate me. But, so the fear is that a lot of men will feel like, first of all, it's just the lack of trust. So he just didn't trust you. And there's no way you can make anybody feel secure enough to trust you. It's just nothing. There's nothing. You can give them access to your phone. You can put them on three-way every call you have. You can give them access to your social media. And they'll still say, what, you got to burn a phone? You got, I bet you got another phone that you ain't. Well, what about when you're at work? What about on your shoots, Eugenia? Uh, have you had sex with the photographer? Have you did it? You'd be like, oh, my God. Like, jeez. Like, there, there is nothing you can do but go ahead and find you another dude. Because right. other than that, you would drive yourself crazy. You would drive yourself. That person will have to sit around you 24 hours a day. Even when you go to the restroom. Did you call somebody who's in the restroom? Using the bathroom a long time. Who's you on the phone with? Sure did take a long shower. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, we live together. So it, it's, for me, my, my question is, um, for these men who are so afraid of women cheating on them, look at how your handling the relationship what are what are you doing because uh for a woman to just be like oh i'm just you know cheating what are you doing first of all i was never cheating we lived together but i mean for him well, well, don't, don't, don't say live together as that as as if that excluded the possibility of cheating because <laughs> we all know that it didn't because he was <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what, 
but you you keep prefacing it by saying, first of all, we live together. Living together, people cheat on each other all the time. They, I know, they I know. I say that because in my brain, I I I I really like to think things out. I like things to make sense for me. You know, I like things to make sense. And when I was in that relationship, when I was in my early twenties, I kept saying, "But we live together because." We see each other every day. We talk every day. I'm here all of the time. And when I'm not here, I'm at work and we're talking while I'm at work. So I just didn't understand why he accused you so much. And why that was an obsession. It's an excuse. It's a it's a it's a high level of insecurity because he knew that the minute if he not to trust me. Yeah, he said if he does do that, if you did cheat on him, it would destroy him and bring out the worst version of him. And oftentimes guys feel like that when they've either fallen in love with somebody where they their insecurity is heightened because they go, man, this girl. I had a homeboy, God rest his soul, my best friend. He called me one day and said, now he was a he was a goon. I mean, he yeah, he done did some dirt. Uh, but he called me one day. He said, say, man. If you ever cross me, I'm going to have to kill you. He said, because I love you, dude. And I said, well, that was a random phone call. You know what I'm saying? I said, what is that? He said, bro, you're not a friend to me. You a brother to me. He said, if you ever cross me, I'm going to kill you. I said, he said, well, I ain't going to kill you. I'll just probably shoot your house up. And I was like, what, what is wrong with you? You going to come shoot me and my wife's house up? You know, but what he was saying is that he had, he had entered into this vulnerable space with me to where my choices could impact him to the point that it would hurt him. And I'm like, how could I even, what could I ever do to you? But that's what he said. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I said, bro, you ain't got to worry about me crossing you. So that's likened to the man that says, man, are you cheating on me? Are you cheating on me? Because he's entered into this space of vulnerability that he knows at this point, you could really do a lot of damage to him. And so that's his insecurity uh, sounding off like a siren saying, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt the little boy in me. Well, you can't you can't hurt the little girl in me. Yeah. Don't start now, I'm gonna be nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got feelings. Exactly. Don't start now, I'm gonna be nothing. Don't Honestly. start nothing, won't be nothing. So Eugenia, what have you uh, learned on your dating journey as we wrap this up? What are some things that you've learned in these dating um, streets? I learned, oh gosh, I learned so many things on my dating journey. Um, what have you learned about, let's, let's, let's frame it around this. What have you learned about yourself? Right, exactly. Um, whew, I learned so much. I learned so much about myself and what I need. Um, in a man, I learned about who I am. I'm very emotional. I'm very emotional. And for a long time after that relationship, I shut that down because I felt that uh, I was being attacked for my womanhood, my emotions, you know? So I couldn't operate in the world as a, a, an, an emotional woman anymore because that wasn't safe. I wasn't safe. So for a long time, I shut my emotions down. Um, and it took me um, ha having, a, it was, it, 
trying to be in a relationship with someone I actually cared about and me not being able to do that, that I had to look at myself and understand like, why can I not have the things that I do want, but I'm so easily able to just get into these things that I don't want because I know that they, I don't want them so they can right. leave. Um, so I had to get back to who I am and I realized I'm a very, very emotional person. I like to talk. I have to express myself. I'm open. I'm honest. I have to be able to say what I want to say. And I need a person that is, that, um, is emotionally honest within themselves as well to be able to have these conversations with me. I need somebody who's not afraid to go deep because I do, I have to go there because that's, I'm a, I, I, that's where I go. You know, I need somebody that's able to handle the deep feelings that I have. I, I need somebody that um, can make me feel secure. I have to feel it has to be the most safest place on the on the planet for me. You know, I can't feel um, embarrassed about any part of who I am when I'm with you. Um, I absolutely need financial security. Absolutely. I'm not going to help you on your journey to wherever you're trying to go. That was, I've done that already. In this point in my life, I can't, I'm not building with you anymore. So if you haven't got to where you are, you can't, there's nothing I can do for you because I'm, I need in my life a person that can help elevate me, you know, that I can learn from. I don't want to be the smartest person in my relationship. Um, um, I need someone who's stable within themselves and who they are and is okay with that. And is okay with their past and have learned from their past. I need someone who has been through the fire and scraped their face on the dirt twice and crawled their way out of it. Because that yes. is a level of awareness about the world and about themselves and about who they are as a man that is outside of ego. You know, that's, that's wisdom, that's intelligence, that's morality, that's uh, stability. I need that. Um, and... I learned that it's okay. Wow, this was a big thing for me that I had to learn. I learned that it was okay to want to be in a relationship with a man. Mm. Let me explain that. Now, like I said, I've always seen- Bad representations of men, yeah. Right. And so after my relationship, I was like, oh, I get it now, God. You wanted me to see this, okay that men are only using us for babies and home, but they don't love us. Mm. And I was like, okay, because I did everything. I did as much as I could for this. I did as much as I could. And he still just did not like me. I did as much as I could. You know, they teach us how to be women when we grow up. They teach us how to cook and be this woman. And when you do that, and this man still does not like you. I was like, oh, he doesn't like me but he liked the home I was providing. He liked mm. to have a woman around for, for my support. But as far as who I am, as far as my feelings and emotions and what I care about and how I feel and what I think, he don't care. So I said, okay, God, I got it. I figured it out. Um, so I can't put myself in a position to where I can actually like men because they don't like me back. So when I'm ready to have a child or something i can have them around but like right now i can't and so there were a lot of and i'll be honest there were a lot of men that came into my life after that that actually cared but 
I couldn't differentiate the actual care from this man who would um, say, oh, I love you, I love you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then go back and do something crazy, and then, I love you, it's because I love you, ah! and yeah. cry and throw up, and then, you know, I was like, I've heard that before, I, I've heard I love you before, I've heard I'll do anything for you before, I've heard I really, really want you, before. I've heard that before, and it turned out to be disastrous, it was extremely abusive. So I was, I couldn't differentiate between, I didn't know, I didn't know what, I didn't know what these men were about anymore. You know, I didn't know what it meant anymore. I didn't know what was real and what was fake. And so for me, I was like, I have to decide how, what men mean for me in my life. Yeah. And it was like, okay, if you're cute and we're having a cool conversation, if I feel like it, we'll have sex. But if not, we can't get close because I don't trust you and what you're going to do. Because I've never seen a man who was trustworthy you know, who actually had the virtues that he was talking about, because it's about actions. You can say all this stuff, but who's actually doing what they say? I've never seen yep. a man actually do what they say. And so I can't be in a position where I'm victimized again, you know, because as women, I'm not stronger than you. So if you're victimizing me, then I'm like, oh gosh, then I'm in, I, that's something I have to heal from. And that was a hard thing to heal from, especially doing it by myself. So um, I was like, I can't put myself in that position anymore. I don't have anybody to su support me or protect me if I'm in that position anymore. So I cannot be that person. I cannot like men. I can't fall for what they're talking about. I can't uh, listen to what they say when they say they like me and they want to be around me. And they, I can't listen to that because I don't know if that's a lie or that's the truth. And um, there was someone that I actually liked back, but I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what to do with that. And so I messed it up. And it took me a lot of, that changed my life because that showed me that there was something about me that was wrong. What I knew was wrong. And I had to create, I had to heal myself. And then I had to create new intentions for how I wanted men to show up in my life. I had to create from the Eugenia that wasn't hurt. I had to create from the Eugenia that was a kid and did not know the realities of life. And I had to create from a woman now that is wise enough and has the discernment to, um, and the boundaries to say, you know, I see this, this characteristic in you, sir, that doesn't work for me, um, but good luck to you. I didn't have those before because when I was trying to express my boundaries to this man, he ran all over them. So I didn't even trust myself to be in a relationship because I didn't even know how to get out of one. Yeah. It took six years to get out of this one, you know? So I had to create a new intention for how I wanted men to show up in my life. And when I did that, then um, I started to see men that I actually would be able to marry. I started to see them. You know, before I couldn't see it, I started to see the men that I actually would be able to marry. And then I was able to say, OK, I like this about you, but this doesn't work for me. So you're great. But, you know, this doesn't work for me. Or yeah. I was able to see men that reminded me of that terrible guy that I was with. And I was like, OK, I know what that is. Yeah, let me run. Let me is. exit stage right on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't you can't you can't fake that one, you know. You can't gaslight me into this one. I know what that is. So that's yep. not going to work either. So um, my awareness has made it harder to date. I will say that. Which is good. 
Yes, which is good. And I'm okay with that too, because um, I, I don't want the emotional damage. Yes. You know, having sex with men was not emotional damage for me. Being in relationship with, with men who were emotionally damaging to me was emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't damaged by sleeping with somebody. I was damaged by, by being abused. So, um, um, I get yeah, it. It's harder to date, but, but yeah, I get it. You're in a, you're in a good place. Yeah, you're in a good place of um, self-awareness. And, yeah, um, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. I'm in a good place of just I'm I'm stable within myself. I'm stable within myself and who I am, how I present myself to the world, what I bring to the world, and and what I want to get out of the world, and what type of man. I know myself enough to know like what type of man would do well with me, and it would have to be someone who's like me because I'm a good person. So you have to be a good person. Well, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people um, may be aware of your um, your time on America's Next Top Model. You were second runner up. Um, before we conclude, what did you learn about yourself being on that show? I didn't learn anything about myself. I was twenty. So you still didn't know nothing. It didn't teach you how to how to play the game and how to oh, how to. You know, I will say this one thing. Um. We were a t we were on a TV show. We were on a TV show, so that means production and, mm -hmm. and conversations and expressing yourself. And so that helped me in my modeling and acting career to be able to be comfortable on camera and express myself and know what to give people. You know, give give the producers what they want. So we're gonna make yep. a good TV. So um, I had a really really great commercial career, really really great TV career. Um, so that's what it taught me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's I always think that when you're on reality shows like that, that's a competition show. Uh, subconsciously, it teaches you how to be manipulative to stay on the show longer or how to orchestrate things in your favor so that you can make it to the end. And unfortunately, if that becomes the norm in your life, then that transcends into your professional life and, and relationships where you uh, if that isn't killed early and leave it on the show, then you mm -hmm. learn how to manipulate people in order to get what you desire from them. Um, so I if you're a manipulator, it helped you. Yeah. You, Cause if you are a manipulator, it helped you. Um, because you saw the producers manipulating things. They're like, ah, oh, that's how you do it for me. I'm not <laughs> a manipulator. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't born with that, um, yeah. spirit. So it didn't bring that out of me. What I learned Good. was how to illuminate myself to where people saw me and liked me. Good. Mm -hmm. Illuminate yourself. Well, listen, Eugenia, I had the best of time talking to you today. Uh, thank you for being transparent. Thank you for keeping it lit, living intensely <laughs> and transparently. Uh, this is 2022. I wish you the best. I want you to uh, continue to vibrate higher. And uh, I pray that God connects you with your purpose partner. You've expressed thank that you, you want to be married. Uh, and uh, when you think about being married, have you are you open to it anytime? Or are you saying, oh, in three years, I want to be married or two years? Are you are you willing to experience the person that God may have in store for you this year? I'm ready now. And I can say that because of the person I am. I can say that because of the person I am. 
now. Um, I can handle a deep relationship yeah. and I can handle the communication that would need to come with it. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I can handle it now. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can say I'm ready. Well, good, Eugenia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being on the Dear Future Wifey pro, uh, podcast. Hey, y'all give it up to my new homie, Eugenia Washington, y'all. Yeah. Can I say my three commandments for this year? And I kind of broke one in your comment section, but that's the last of this year. My three commandments for this year and for the success of my year is um, do not argue. Do not argue uh, because I don't have space for any more negative energy. And it's about communication. If we're communicating to understand, then great. But if we're arguing, then no can do. Um, so do not argue. Do not lie, even to yourself, because a lot of us lie to ourselves. And I've done that before, too. So do not lie. Yeah. And don't hesitate to ask for what you need. Mm. Sometimes we feel like we could do it ourselves. And it's like, no, we have so much help. Just ask for what you need. So I'm going to share that with your viewers and your listeners, because I feel like if you do those three things this year, you'll have what you've been desiring this entire time. See, that's what I'm talking about, Eugenia. You're all right <laughs> with me. But thank you so much for sharing that. And that's powerful. I love those three commandments. All right, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Listen, I am so excited. I just got off the phone with the owner of the land I want to purchase for Kingdom Royale. And I need 5,000 kings and queens to donate only $20 right now. We're that much closer to changing the trajectory of the lives of our black boys in the foster care system. And I need your help. Listen, donate $20 right now. That's the down payment for the land I want to purchase. Donate $20 and crown a king today. Go to kingdomroyale.com. Gosh, we can do this. Oh, I'm so crunk. God, we about to do this. Lord Jesus, we about to do this. Hallelujah. Lord, we about to do this. I see it. I see it. Man, I really enjoy talking to different people with different thought processes, different upbringings, different ideals or um, people from different cultures. I just enjoy meeting people and talking to people and I glean just a little bit more understanding and a little bit more wisdom uh, after talking to different people. And it helps me become what the Lord requires is being all things to all people. And that's what makes us highly effective in ministry. So uh, definitely, Eugenia, I really appreciated talking to you today. And hopefully you guys are able to have a little bit more understanding of other people's beliefs. Doesn't mean you have to share in those same beliefs, but just being able to be willing to hear it and not judge them and not condemn them and not stone them just because of their beliefs, because we're all on a journey. And what I believed in 2020, you know, some of the things that I believed in and some of the things I was doing is not what I'm doing in 2022, because God is a gentleman. And so he graciously comes along on our journey and guides us. And um, so glory to God. So here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, happy new year. Let me take this moment to assure you your value is not predicated on what's between your legs. I'm fascinated by your intellect and compassion for mankind, which far outweighs the passion for my manhood. Our sexual chemistry 
will be a no-brainer, but our alignment will be heavenly. No one but God could orchestrate the chain of events that will merge our lives harmoniously. You made this journey to you exciting. My mind is enamored by how much the Lord cherishes you, that he has me going through meticulous preparation before gifting me with your love. Don't lose hope. I'm here. Healing. Learning. Growing. For you. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.